So welcome everybody to the last episode of the Independent Teach podcast of 2022. And I thought I'd end with a program I recorded back in August this summer. And it was one of my out and about episodes where I caught up usually with recent retirees to talk about their career in teaching. And so in this program, I interview Kaz Britton, somebody who'd worked in education for over 53 years. So we had a really interesting chat about her career, her views on leadership, and we also went back in time and talked to her about her own education. So enjoy this episode of the Independent Teacher Podcast, one of our out and about episodes recorded in the garden with recent retiree, Kaz Britton. Hello there. Now, we're just going to talk about your educational background. Yes. A little bit about your career and also what you're doing now. But I just wanted to say that when we were talking before we came on air, there was one fact that you said about yourself that I was absolutely amazed about. What was that? Okay. That was the fact that you had been in teaching for 53 years. Correct. I think you need to know when to not necessarily stop, but go in a different direction. I'm having problems with retirement myself on that particular aspect of the question, (laughs) but I am working on it. Do you know, I, I, I mean, I haven't retired. No, but but I I did I, I did thirty three years, and in, okay. in education, and well, that's a good stint. It was a good stint, and I only worked in four schools. Okay. However, I think the last well from twenty thirteen to twenty twenty one, it felt more like a prison sentence. However, um, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I shouldn't judge my career based on those last no those last you have to look years. at the whole the contribution whole, you yeah, made yeah the whole contribution and in education if you're teaching children of whatever age you have to make them positive so you have to remain positive yeah. as a person yeah. whatever aspect of career or something different comes next yeah. well a bit like you i, I mean I, I loved teaching and i loved working with young people. Yes. Uh, And I suppose the only problem I had was I'm not a morning person. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) I therefore frequently felt sleep deprived. And I just, oh, I just, you know, I was up at five o'clock and sometimes didn't get home till seven o'clock. And then within an hour, I was thinking about going to bed again. Mm. Uh, And so... Now it's wonderful because yes. So really, I should never have gone into teaching. I should have got a job where I didn't need to get up till eleven o'clock and worked through the evening. I don't think you easily switch off. You've interviewed um, a young teacher just starting their career recently, and the one thing she said, which is incredibly simple and practical, was, "If you've got ten minutes spare, do something because then you can have time left to have a life." Before we came on air, I actually spoke to Kaz about her family background and she mentioned that her parents were working class Glaswegians and that really everything that 
she became and was able to do was in part because of their love and their sacrifice. So perhaps it was no surprise that my first question was about her own education and her own family. My dad actually kept me at home at junior school under the 1944 Education Act because he wouldn't send me to the newest school on a very working class, brand new estate because it wasn't good enough. He was self-educated. I spent six months at home until I got a place in a good school which gave me a chance of going to a grammar school because that was the route. So how old were you when when you were staying at home? Seven. So just go back in time and just tell me a little bit about, you know, coming from a working class estate, coming from a working class background and then ending up at one of the grammar schools. Right. Did you fit in? Um, Right. What was it like? Personality wise, I did fit in because I was quite, well, I was very sociable in some ways. Couldn't afford the uniform, couldn't afford the name tapes, got told off because I didn't have name tapes in my socks. travelled further than other people. Most people lived in what we'd call suburbia, mixed but quite posh. In the whole of my form, there were only two people who were definitely different economically. One lived in a prefab in Sheldon and I lived in a council flat in West Heath. However, at least I got involved in all kinds of activities, debating, sports. It was never the best but was willing to take part. And that's what made the difference. And then I was made form captain very early on. So I had to present a bouquet in the town hall to the wife of the speaker. And you had to have black shoes. I didn't have black shoes. I had brown shoes because it went with my winter coat. My mum who worked in a warehouse got a pair of black shoes on APRO till the money. on approval, so she didn't pay for them. All right. I walked across the platform in black shoes as I had to do, but didn't tell anybody outside my family. And on Monday morning, she took them back and said they didn't fit. Right. That's how poor we were. Yeah. But educationally, I got stuck into other events and the school curriculum, which I found hard, but I was fine and I loved, I loved my secondary school career. I'm sorry if anybody could hear me wafting a bit of paper, but yes, we're there being is a attacked wasp. by a wasp. Let's hope he doesn't Anybody like the Anybody who knows me knows that I have a phobia of wasps as well. So, That's okay, um, I'm not too keen myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what perfume did we put on today that attracted the wasp? Sunflower, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to blame you. Um, right, right, the wasp has disappeared. Okay. We are safe. For, for the moment. So just talk us through the kind of schools, because you've had this wide-ranging, yeah, yeah, varied yeah. career, 53 years. I've taught in a boys-approved school. They were mentally and physically abused. We had to do house duties, different weekends. Mm-hmm. They were really deprived, okay. and I've always worked with a charity for particularly underprivileged children, knowing that I was lucky, despite my background, to get more opportunities. I was determined that I would always help those that looked as though they didn't stand a chance from birth. I taught in a girls' grammar school, but in the African bush in Nigeria. We had really rich girls, daughters of chieftains, and we had villages 
which contributed all the fees to send one girl mm. to, a, to, a, to a grammar school to be educated. That was the most amazing experience of my life. Mm. And I was only 23 and mm. principal of the school <laughs> in the middle of the Biafran War right. in 1969. Yeah. Still not quite sure why, how you've ended up in an independent school, though. I think it's just how it happened, yeah. how the jobs turned up. I was told by someone within the sector that, you know, I couldn't assume I would get promotion. I really wanted promotion mm. because I'd been ahead, albeit in when the African bush. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I wanted to give. I wanted to contribute to policies as well as yeah. teaching. Yeah. And I knew I had something to give, particularly in the pastoral field. Yeah. Uh, not the easy option at all, but that's just because I felt that's what had made me, made it possible for me to be educated. Yeah. So I was prepared to put aside my own political beliefs. Yeah. And there are others exactly the same yeah. in independent yeah. schools yeah, yeah. because they want to impart to sometimes very privileged people what it is not to be and what you can give back to society because you've had that chance. Yeah, yeah. It's very naive, yeah. it's very idealistic, but it's what I believe. And, and of course, what, what we have to remember and people don't, aren't always aware of is the number of students that come from working class backgrounds in the independent sector who are on bursaries, assist, assisted places uh, and but a place for someone like me in an independent school is to look at the individual, to look at their concerns, whether or not they feel they belong, yeah. to say, don't worry about somebody who gets all the top marks. Yeah. Worry about, do you want to do better? Do you want to improve your self-confidence? Do you want to be brave enough to ask questions in a lesson, but mm -hmm. you think everyone else is more clever? Yeah. And I know I've helped a lot of students in this whole self-esteem mm -hmm. and to ask questions and to be brave and to ask for help and people are very committed obviously there are huge advantages if you build up their self-confidence to grab hold of them and know they've got somebody to come to to say I don't think I can do this mm -hmm. I'm not as good as anybody mm -hmm. else it has a context yeah. When I was at grammar school, I had an exam script thrown back at me, bottom again, Carol, with 69%. I would never do that to any child, no. whatever label no. of school yeah. Yeah. I was in. Yeah. And so those in independent schools, the ones that don't go up on the platform for the latest certificate or the latest music award or anything, don't feel they're good enough they're wonderful. They're doing their yeah. best. Yeah. It's totally yeah. unique. Yeah. yeah, and and I know you you actually became a a deputy head, didn't you? I did in a very prestigious co-ed independent school. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did that feel? Well, I did feel a bit of a pioneer. I thought mm -hmm. if I'm going to stay in the independent sector, this post nevertheless looks incredibly exciting. And I feel I could make a real contribution to make it truly co-ed. Lot of resistance, lot of sexism, including against myself, a lot of chauvinist attitudes, 
um, including from women, possibly the internal candidates who didn't get the job. Yeah. I just persevered. Had one very nice guy who said, you're just too nice. You're asking people to do things. You're saying please and thank you. <laughs> you need to tell them what to do. And I said, I'm really sorry. This is going to take me longer. But I have my own style. If I am in Stuck, I'm very happy to come back and ask you for help. But I will do it my own way. I think you and I both know that sometimes you come across leaders in your career who you think, God, how did they get there? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what can I do to, to try and have a, an influence on those people without getting sacked? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what are the qualities, you know, when you look at some of the people that you've worked with who've been heads and deputies, and you've been a deputy yourself, what are the qualities where you, you think, that's what you need to be ahead. Mm -hmm. I think you need to, as a new head or a new deputy, you have to get to know your people. Mm. You have to actually meet them. I met all of my department within the first half term, the heads of department. Um, I got to know who they are, what their priorities were. I consulted a lot. I did explain that at times it was totally out of my control what the decision might be, but I respected their view. Mm. And although it may not be mine, I would put it forward. And I did. And I had a, quite a good few years in my time as a deputy where it worked. And because there was an odd number, there were only three of us in a 900 plus school, I would always be the different one, but that had advantages. Because if somebody's got a better idea than me, I'm happy mm. to say, do you know, that is better than my idea, mm. but how can we put it into practice? Mm. Mm. And to respect people who bothered, who felt confident enough to say, mm. if we're teaching young people to ask questions politely, properly, but to ask the questions, to have their own ideas, and we actually crystallise them and cement them to put into practice then that's good. If you don't feel you can do it as a member of staff, that's awful. Mm. So I will say in a room what 20 other people are thinking and don't say. Yeah. And I know that's affected my own position yeah. and my own views at times. It doesn't matter if I don't agree with them. Mm. They're there trying to make a fact they have actually agonized over it they've got something to say or to ask if we want our students to do that and do well in life and all these wonderful educational principles you have to apply it to your staff do you know what though Kaz I I think most most heads are pretty decent and they do respect other people's opinions and actually want you know, they, they, they recognise, really, really good heads recognise that they don't know everything. And mm -hmm. I, ju I just think, unfortunately, it's that one bad apple mm -hmm. as a head that can sometimes... It can change. Make you, make you feel yes. that, you know, you can't say what you feel you need to say or, you know, you might be, <laughs> well, bullied out of, 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 of the school or, or yes. the role that you've got. But, you, you know, that's really, it, it's a genuine fear 
but I'm not prepared to live with that fear. No. And I have lived with it. Mm. And I just feel... What about being why? shouted at then? Because I, I can remember, you know, you and I having a discussion mm -hmm. on numerous occasions about, you know, you being publicly oh, absolutely. humiliated yes. and, and shouted at in public by, by one head teacher. Yes. I mean, what I think would you say to them now if they, if they were listening? I'd say as a last resort, I think that says more about you than it uh -huh. does about me. Yeah. I respect you because of your position, but I think I deserve to be heard and respected mm. because I'm a member of your staff. Mm. And surely that's a good, positive, working, professional relationship. Mm. I will stand up for other people. Mm. I'm not always confident about standing up for myself, although I may sound as though I am. But if it's a matter of principle, I'll make sure that if I think I have a favourite as a student, there is no way anyone would ever, ever know in their mm. school career. Mm. If there's somebody that personally I know I can't get on with as a student, I will bend over backwards to find out mm. where are they coming from, how do they tick. Mm. I'm not a psychologist, I'm not an amateur, whatever. Just as a good teacher, and I'll find a way of unclicking to have a good working relationship yeah. with them. This is meant to be a 10 minute conversation. Oh, no, <laughs> so, um, you hinted at this about being retired. I did. I don't know if you want to uh, answer that question. Are, are you enjoying being retired? Right. Well, I haven't yet adjusted fully to it. <laughs> I have to say, I could, would love to write a CV, but if I have to put, as I will, my date of birth, it's a bit of a handicap. However, I do still need some inset on being retired. <laughs> I love my family. I'm a very good granny, but I loved being a learner. What do you want to do then in the next five years? In the next five years, I'd like to do O-level art. Would you? I'd love to do a degree Would in the history of art. Right. Because I yeah, do go yeah, to a course yeah. of art appreciation, which I adore because it just takes me out of myself yeah. completely. Yeah. I'm going to tutor. I've tutored somebody this summer, only a friend, so very ad hoc. I tutored him at the last moment. We had about five lessons, yeah. but he got a C. I'm yeah, very proud of him. Good, yeah. Do I feel good that I've tutored someone yeah. recently? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, Cass, we've reached the end of our conversation well, It's been today. very enjoyable. I'll tell you what, I think those fish and chips we had before, you know, did, did, did us the world of good. Yes. You know, you haven't Thank you very asleep. much for the treat. <laughs> well, it's meant to be cake and a coffee, but, you know, I, I thought we'll go the whole log and, you know, we'll have some Yorkshire Fantastic. fish and chips. So we thank you so much. Chip. Well, thank, thank you, Kaz. Thank you ever so much. You have been listening to the Independent Teacher Podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.